Welcome, everyone, to another Jets episode for Knicks, Jets, etc. I'm your host, John Malika, with Alex Chateris. And Alex, I have the three most magical words in the English language to tell you. What's that, John? Football is back. Let's go. Today, we'll be discussing the Jets' final roster cuts on our practice squad. We'll preview the Jets' bills. Uh, we'll get into. We'll try to win. Uh, win our listeners some money with our division winners and some over unders. And we'll also talk about uh, the week one slate, man, because it's right around the corner. But what's for et cetera today? Well, for et cetera today, we're just going to get into some fantasy football talk. So we'll keep it as a little tease to see what we're going to be talking about later. All right, cool, cool, Ricey, let's go. Another Jets episode, or really the first episode of the Jets for the Knicks, Jets, etc. Because it is officially week one of the 2020 season, Alex. I know. I'm so excited, John. We got football back. Basketball playoffs are going on. Sport, we got baseball going on. It seems like everything's quasi-normal. Uh, but I'm really excited, man. Jets football is back. I'm ready, to, I'm ready for Sunday to be here and just have it as, like, you know, my religion. Just, like, no, every Sunday I'm going back and just, like, watching a game like one o'clock four o'clock at night whatever whatever clockwork it is just like i just know like i i I have to dedicate to just watching my team play that is what i'm excited about yeah man i can't wait for my schedule to be set in concrete uh with football me attached to my fantasy app which we'll get to later uh but this is this is why we hibernated man this is what this is why we hibernated in march (laughs) <laughs> for these times, man, we got hockey playoffs going on. We got NBA playoffs happening, and we have NFL starting. We got college football, whatever, or some semblance of college football rolling. Like we're ready to go, man. I am so excited. Like we're 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 here, which is you know, bubbles going well for hockey and uh, basketball. Baseball had its mishap. Hopefully, the NFL can make it through without any mishaps. Uh, talking about baseball right now man we're not talking about baseball okay it's not it's we're just kind of ignoring that sport right now okay i know we we have to as yankee fans hurting my soul dude they're hurting my soul so i the one thing that makes us happy is like actually like making us crumble (laughs) yeah but anyway man let's just let's get into some jets uh let's talk about the roster cuts which were uh finalized on saturday uh but of course it's still a moving uh moving progress Mm -hmm. so um the big surprise cuts um, were our linebacker, James Burgess. Um, again, we've been talking about it since the beginning of this pod. It's, it's been a crowded linebacker spot. Uh, Mosley going down kind of solidified Avery Williamson being there. And now kind of Burgess uh, like just fell, fell on him, and he's the odd man out. Um, I don't think that will affect us too much. What do you think about that? I don't think it will affect us that much either. Keep in mind, like, this was in anticipation of us actually thinking about cutting Avery Williamson. And on top of that, he restructured his contract. So now we're going to have him and CJ for the following season. So at that point for Douglas, this is kind of like an easy, like, wipe for him where it's just kind of like, okay, we got, we got Avery Williamson now. We're going to have CJ coming back. Our interior uh, linebacker core is set. Uh, everyone else that we signed, it was just more of a precaution at this point because we didn't know what was going on. And this is even before COVID, right? Because you, this is an anticipation, like I already said, of getting rid of uh, Williamson. But at this point, we don't need him. That's a lot of money that we're going to be spending on linebackers if we kept him. 
and we need it in other areas right now, like, I don't know, wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, man. Um, I know, our wide receivers are tough. The linebacker, uh, just a note, uh, Peanut was hurt. Uh, he should be back, uh, I think, like halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. We'll, um, listen, I'm not going to be surprised if Burgess comes back, uh, and we'll talk about that. There's been some shuffling mm-hmm. um, with the roster and the practice squad. So another, I, I think the biggest surprise cut um, – was honestly, I feel like he's like almost a veteran, but he's not Jonathan Harrison, uh, our backup center slash guard who really stepped in for the Jets when they needed someone. And we kind of put him out to like, I, I just remember those games uh, with Long when you couldn't snap to yeah Darnold and Harrison was just sitting there. And when he finally came in, he was finally able to snap it. And then he like he held it down. And he was like, I feel like he was... um like Darnold's first, like, uh, I, I don't know, not mentor because they're kind of coming up together. But, like, you know, he was like, he was like his only, his, his like, his only, like, solid foundation. Like the center, that's his boy. And every time Harrison was out, he, we would kind of fumble. Like, Kalo didn't work. Um, his long didn't work. And now, and Harrison was good. So I also saw uh, an article in the post about it. Um, some quotes from Darnold, how he's like, you know, he's just like, uh, you know, it's kind of weird at this point with Harrison not being around. He's just been there the whole time. Uh, what do you think about that? Just some interesting Joe Douglas shuffles on the O-line? Yeah, I think for Harrison, right, it even caught uh, Sam Darnold off guard. He was talking about it. Uh, I don't. I think it was uh, Rich Samini who was covering that part where together with your center, that's the extension of the quarterback for the line, right? And as you already talked about, we had terrible o- we had a terrible center play last year where it was McGovern um, um, who could even get it back to him, right? So it's just weird that Harrison. I'm not saying he like we know he's like a solid guy, like a solid backup, and it's just weird that you know where the deficiency is our O line. We probably want a guy who's comfortable and has a relationship with Darnold because. Football is all about like continuity. How many guys do you have playing together with each other, understanding each other? And especially for the center position where, you know, the communication between him and the quarterbacks could be key. Getting rid of him as a for a backup, that's 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 big, especially if we don't have any of our guys, you know. Um who's it's Van Rotten playing uh center, right? Um who's our, who Yeah, well we yeah, we have uh Van Roten there now and we got Josh Andrews, who's a Philly indie guy, Joe Douglas guy, to kind of fill out Jonathan Harrison's spot. Right, but for Van Roten, right? Say if he goes down, like it's nice to have Harrison back in there for continuity for Darnold. And that's, I guess, what the most interesting part of this whole thing is. Maybe he'll bring him back. Maybe he'll do it on a cheaper deal. I don't know. You know, Douglas. Yeah, so, 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 so that's what I was trying to, uh, that's what I was trying to say. Josh Andrews, um, who is – uh, center slash guard, like kind of in the same uh, breath as Jonathan Harrison, but he's actually a Joe Douglas guy who's uh, in Philly and Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, it's, it's super important to have these backups. So uh, actually, Josh Andrews was added to the fifty-three, kind of like a, a last last-minute shuffle. So I think um, I think with those guys, man, like with the backups, um, especially with the center, it, it really like the general manager and the head coach, like they bring their guys, you know what I mean? It's almost like they could like bring their boys to like those positions. They can't really like nepotism or like, you know, not in a bad way, but like bring into like the premium spots. 
But you could, like, bring your boy into a special teams, into a backup center guard. You know what I mean? To, like, have your – almost your voice in the players' room. Right. Or whatever, like, concept you're trying to put out. Like, have, like, another teacher there that's not you, like the dad in the room. Right. No, totally. And um, I don't know. You said it pretty well. There's nothing more to add on to that. Like – just, I'm excited. I'm excited for McGovern. I hope we know. I don't. I don't. I hope we don't have to see Josh Andrews. But that's just what's going on there. We also signed um, Daniel Brown, uh, tight end, uh, an extension, um, a, a, a special teams guy. Like we. I know it's like. I know it's not sexy, and I know it's kind of corny to talk about like these like backup and these special teams guys. But like that's why our. You know, honestly, like the Big Brother Patriots. Like that's why they've been good, man. Like, that's why they've been good, because they had got these special teams guys. They got these, like, somebody's going to get hurt, and we're going to step in, and it's not going to be a big deal. O-line guys, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not a disaster if, this, if the center goes down, you know what I mean? Cause, or, the, or a guard goes down. Like, we'll be okay. Um, so that kind of uh, puts me at ease, like, with this whole Joe Douglas thing. And, like, I know, like, you've been kind of getting on me about it. Like, where's this Joe Douglas genius? Where is this genius? Like, you know, where is it? And, like, this is, like, for me, this is it, where I could just, like, trust, like, that these little pieces are, are, are being placed in um, as, like, a backup or, like, <clears throat> in case of emergency. Like, what really drove me nuts and drove you nuts last year was that we had no, like, Sam Darnold was injured, yes, out of nowhere. But we had, we, like, decided not to, you know, prep a quarterback for six weeks. <laughs> so like I just hope that's like that's all done now and that's like that we've moved on past that. It, it better be done because we don't know what's going to happen during you know during these times while we while we're going through a pandemic and I would hope that our head coach and our front office are prepared for any type of disaster uh, situations. But you know, getting back to what you were talking about with Joe Douglas and like my gripes, it's like I think with me like I'm happy that we have a competent GM that knows what they're doing, right? And it's not that I hate him. It's not that I'm like going to be like an adoration of like Douglas Douglas either. He's done a very good job for what we've seen for the limited time that he's been here. Uh, it's it's hap- like there has to be an expectation of like what a GM is supposed to do, and that's what he's doing. He's doing what he's supposed to do hmm. to get me to get above that level. It has to be like even more of that, right? At, at like a, a solid, just like continuum, like continuous basis. Where and then making those like like really like savvy smart moves that like another like it's like playing chess and you're like five steps ahead that's the type of stuff i'm looking for like i'm ex- i'm happy that we have someone who can do the job now yeah. you know it's nice to see that we have someone that can actually do it unlike you know mac or anyone else that we have or even idzik right now it's just like okay cool now we're now we're here now let's see what else you can do to be that next level it's always about the next level it's not it, like everyone's Everyone, there's like a baseline for what everyone could do. I want to see you go over that now. And it's still early in his career. Um, obviously, he only had like one and a half uh, seasons with us. And like he'd even have like a full offseason last year to do any work. This is his first one and it's looking really good. But it's just to maintain expectations. Like this is what a GM is supposed to do. Now it's like saying, okay, what can you do more? Yeah. I mean, uh, you, uh, you remind me of um, a Chris Rock uh, bit in one of his old stand-ups. Um, when he was like, he was like, I take, when he was like, uh, metaphoring somewhat, a mom was like, oh, I take care of my kid, or a dad that says, I take care of my kids. Like, you're supposed to take care of your kids. What do you want a cookie? Like, like that's like what you're saying, like Joe Douglas. What do you want a cookie, man? Like, you signed some guys. Like, like, that's what you're supposed to do. I got you. But for, I, I'll, I'll never, I guess the, in my head, like, we've just had such bad management, man. And like, 
for us, like when the Jets make good roster moves or good trades that are like winning or the Knicks, you know, are making head coaching positions or front office hires, we're just like, what? Like, like what's happening? You know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. Like, I'm excited that we actually have someone in the room that's doing this. It's like, well, it's like being in a terrible relationship, right? Like if you, if like someone that you're dating is just like treating you like crap every single day. And then next thing you know, like you're in a new relationship, you broke up with them, you're in a new relationship. And the first thing they do is like, they like give you like a gift for your birthday, or they just like show you some semblance of like a decent relationship. You're just like, whoa. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> like relationship with the Jets. (laughs) Um, But on that note, uh, the Jets put no waiver claims um, on any players and none of their players who were cut were waived. Mm. Um, Joe Douglas had some, I guess, some maneuvers where like we cut Lamar Jackson, our our cornerback, and then he's back. Um, And it's like some players like that, like they're just like shuffling in and out. So that's good. Um, your boy Josh Mal- Josh Malone, like Dante Moncrief, who we just signed, he's on the practice squad. I, you know, I think that's just like a way to get him some reps. Absolutely, that is definitely because he he was a late sign. It was like last week, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he had a training camp. No, he wasn't. I don't think he was on a roster. So like, this is this is like week one, like getting him like in some practice and getting him into some rhythm. So he needs time to get ready and be prepared for the season. So you can't just throw a guy like off the couch and just be like, Hey, ready to go. Like, no, that's how injuries happen. So he, that, that's definitely a good move for, to get him some time. Yeah. So those are, so the two cornerback, the two like DBs uh, in the practice squad that I, like just to have your eye on uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, Javelin Goodry, who again, second fastest 40. Uh, yep. I would just keep your eye on those guys. Uh, Lawrence Cager, wide receiver. Uh, if he could stay, you know, I, he's just there to get reps, make sure he's healthy. He's in the practice squad. I can see him moving up Josh Malone and Moncrief. Cause as you keep noting, and as we can't get over our wide receivers are trash, like they're depleted right now. And I, I'm, I hope we're wrong. And I hope it's just the media. Cause all we have is a training camp, but like just from the looks of it with nobody being healthy, uh, it's not looking good. However, from the last press conference, the latest news is Mims is going to be playing week one. Mm-hmm. Harry is going to be playing week one. And we don't even need Cager to be healthy in Moncrief. And that's why they're on the practice squad. So, yep. so like, I'd love to be, I'd love to be completely wrong. Like, you know, but like, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. Um, well, are you, you're worried about what having Goodry and all of them on the practice squad or that they're ready for week one? No, no, just, no, the, the, uh, I'm worried about, them saying that Mims and Perryman are going to be healthy for week one, which is next week, you know, and then that's why we have like nobody really on the actual 53. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, we kind of have these guys that we're watching all training camp. Like who was catching passes in training camp? Cager, Malone, you know, and that was last week. It wasn't in July. So like, it's just like a little bit, what's worrying me. Like Mims is going to come in off a hamstring and just all of a sudden a rookie and just start running plays like Perryman's injured, just going to come and start running stuff. Or it's just going to be Gore, Bell, Crowder, and the tight ends. Uh, it could be like, they could try this at like some decoy type of stuff and just say, Hey, like our guys are ready. They're healthy and not really get them involved that much, especially, you know, we're going against Buffalo and we can touch into later this, but the concern is like when you have Mims and Perryman who are coming off an injury and you're going against a really good secondary, especially with Tredavious White, that is like back there. That is yeah, not like, uh, like, especially coming off like a ham hammy where you need to create separation for yourself and be at like at your best going against him. 
uh, it is concerning, but at the same time, I think it's going to be more of a decoy. I think what we see here is that Gase is probably going to try to figure out how to get Bell, Crowder, Herndon, all those guys back involved. And those are like really Sam's like true, like safety blankets. He, they've been there the longest, not Perriman and not Mim. So we talked about this on our wide receiver breakdown where it's like, don't expect any deep pass or anything crazy like that. There's probably gonna be some simplistic route running to keep the defense honest, but I see we're probably going to be doing some more underneath routes. And, yeah. what, we, and what we also read was, I think Samini covered it as well uh, for ESPN that expect to see Bell out in the slot or lined up out of, at split and Gore in the backfield. So I see Bell probably going to be getting more of the receptions for this week. And those guys are just going to be, like I said, decoys. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the bills in literally one minute. I just want to note um, the only player I kind of like that's just hanging out right now that could help us in this wide receiver um, core, I guess, is Hakeem Butler. Wide receiver drafted in 2019, fourth round by the Cardinals. Okay, just like just like two years ago, um, he did not play one game of football in the NFL, so we don't even know like what he's going to look like. And he just has injury concerns. If we could just add him to the practice squad or add him to the team and check him out, I think it would really help us because again, we're just we're looking really depleted at the pass catcher position. And let's let's you know let's jump right into it. We kind of touched on it. But week one, all right, Jets-Bills, we played them week 17. I feel like we always are – I know we have to play the division games in the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how the NFL is doing it uh, the last couple of years to keep it competitive. But exactly. I always feel like it's the Bills. Uh, it wasn't always the Bills. It's most recently the Bills. It, it used to be the Patriots for, like, quite some time. and Right. Then right. It used to be the Patriots for quite some time, and I think – uh, the NFL realized that, oh, this is a free game for the Pats at the end. Yeah, it's a free game for the Pats at the end. And it's just kind of like, uh, no one's like Jets fans are turning in, Patriots fans are tuning in, but everyone's just kind of like, you know, you're just, like the whole point of this, like beginning and end is supposed to, like, as you said, competitive when it comes down to a divisional race and like playoff implications. We haven't been in that spot to compete for it. And what's a better competition if we're competing for a wild card than? Jets and Bills, because those are usually the two teams that are competing for a wild card in most recent history. Not really the Dolphins. Bills more so recently, as we saw, like the past, they went three out of the last four times. Four times in the uh, last four years was three times. Um, so that's more competitive. Uh, but yeah, Bills are very common now for us. First, in, first in the last week. Yeah. So the line is the, the Bills are six and a half point favorites, which means that if the Bills win by a touchdown or more. They cover the game. Uh, the over-under is 39 and a half, which mm-hmm. means that uh, if the point total for both the Jets and the Bills combined is 39 or under, that's the under. If it's over 39 and a half, 40 or over, that's the over. So if that's what it's looking like uh, for Vegas, the money line, if the Jets win, you bet $100, you win $225. Um, any thoughts just on, the, just on that aspect of the Jets-Bills? Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game from what Vegas is predicting. You know, we're talking about at 19 points, even if we split it down. Um, That's usually how it is, man, with the Jets and Bills. Is we're two, we're for such a long time, both of our teams have been a defensive, like have been so defensive oriented. Um, so I expect the same thing coming out. We're going to see this is going to be a battle between uh, Doug McDermott and Greg Williams trying to figure out 
how to stop the other guys. Both of our quarterbacks are still young. Same, same. They were the same draft class. Uh, really, both haven't. They've shown that they have talent, but they really haven't both proven that they're the guy of the franchise yet. They're both franchise quarterbacks, though. Two totally different things, and they're still developing in their own way. And we have no idea what they're going to look like until game one because we had no preseason, which is going to be a lot of fun. You know, everyone's in the same boat. Um, but I see this. I see this going to be, and that because there's no preseason, I see this going to be a true slugfest like defense is going to be ready as it as it usually is offense takes time to get understanding like code uh get the get in rhythm with everybody figure out speed cadence all those things to be able to like get guys to go off sides and, and so forth so this is going to be a true defensive game and i actually probably would not be surprised if we're getting maybe even a little bit lower maybe if we see like 13, 14. I actually wouldn't be surprised if it's lower than that because I don't see, you know, our issue is wide receiver problems. And so we're probably have to run and keep it short bills. You know, they got a good running back, uh, back there. Um, single Terry. They also have digs, man. They do have digs, but you know, like the thing for their pass catchers, right. They have solid pass catchers. Do you trust Josh Allen with the accuracy to get it to them? Yeah. Neither do I. So hold on. Okay. So <laughs> listen, Josh Allen, I was scared, and I didn't want the Jets to draft him, okay? So I'm with you on the whole accuracy thing. But to be completely fair, he was pretty accurate last year. Like, he did have some bad throws, but he was okay last year. Uh, I do think Darnold's better. As you touched on it, they're kind of the same trajectory. They're drafted together. Interestingly, interestingly enough, they're, they're really good friends. Uh, they spent, like, the beginning of quarantine together. Um, so that, so that, <laughs> that's like a – little weird tidbit in the Jets Bills like uh rivalry going on. Um I'm really excited for what the Jets are going to put out. Um the first game of the season is always interesting, right? Because like r- we'll get into it later uh when we go through the first week slate, but rookie head coaches and like rookie personnel or a new system usually doesn't work out well week 1, especially with no preseason games and with this like whatever training camp they had. A couple weeks ago so that doesn't really come into play with the Jets and Bills um, we are very familiar with each other uh, we have the same strengths and weaknesses which always which is kind of tends to happen in divisions um, but especially with the Jets and Bills we are I feel like we are mirror images of each other we we both have really good defenses we both stop the run we both want to pound it you know, up the middle with our running backs, we want to. Uh, we have like good slot receivers. Like um, our running backs can catch out of the uh, out of the backfield. We love our tight ends. We have good special teams. Um, so I do think it's going to be low. I do love the points though here. Uh, just like on that aspect, I would take the six and a half. I'm a Jets homer. Um, you know, I'll admit that, especially week one. Like, just give me the Jets W, man. Especially last year, the Jets played better. Right, we had the we had the really good first half, so I would definitely recommend taking the Jets first half, especially just coming off last year. Um, and then it ended up we had a terrible second half. Turns out Sam had mono, and then it was just like it was just like a stock that like started off you know here and then just like flew up like the first half, and then just took a dive, man, just took a straight dive for the next like five six weeks of the season mm-hmm. until Cowboys again. So um, I kind I I kind I kind of just hoping that the first half of last year kind of bleeds into this game. I really, that's how I see it going. And I'm really excited to see how our O-line shapes up. We're going to have some mishaps, of course, 
um, especially with rookies like Beck on the left. And I'm, 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 I, I know this is, again, not sexy, but I'm really excited about our D-line, man. And uh, I'm excited to, to stop that Buffalo run and make Josh Allen throw on us. You know what I mean? Like, that's exciting for me, like, to see what um, our new guys have in store, like what Phillips has in store, what Henry Anderson, who nobody talked about really in the camp, is going to do for us, the new Q will, how he's going to look, you know, Avery Williamson off the injury, like our safeties, you know, how Ashton Davis is going to come out firing if Macon stay healthy, how our cornerbacks look. Like that, those are the things I, I really am excited about. Um, not so much, you know, what Gase is going to do with the offense. And because I, 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 I guess maybe I, I know that's going to be like hard to watch to begin with. So I'm kind of like setting myself up for that. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I guess touching on the Josh Allen being good last year, like he's a solid quarterback. I'm not taking that away from him. Um, he's he's very dynamic in how he plays. But when I watched the Bills last year, and I have to – I'm trying to look for the stats on this, but last year most of those passes were short. So it's easier to complete shorter passes than the deep passes, you know. Um, and that and that's why it was at 58% last year. And that's – even you touched on it. Let Allen try to beat us with his arm because we all know, like, he's not, he's not the most accurate with the deep ball. He's not like an Aaron Rodgers or a Pat Mahomes or anything like that. And that's where this game really goes for uh, because when you start getting accurate throwing the deep ball – Right. That's where you can get the pa- uh, pass interference. That's where you get those type of calls, like especially for your receivers, if they know how to, you know, how to work, how to work uh, the sideline, how to work the ref, like and just knowing how to like even do a little bit more of an exaggeration. Um, Darnell last year had 61 uh, percent completed completed passes. You know, he's a way more accurate passer with it short or deep um, is by far the best quarterback out of the, the top four. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that came out, including Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Rosen, who just got cut again, man, and he just got placed in the Bucks. Poor guy. He like honestly, he's been got the worst end of the stick every place he went. He's just been in a terrible position. He has not had a fair shot to win. So it's it, and this is where like for football, you know, this is this is what we talk about. Like you know, really like the place that you go to. <laughs> it really makes a big difference in like how well your career is going to pan out. Um, but yeah, getting back to the bills and jets matchup, you know, I see us touching on what you said, like it, it's going to be a grueling match. I see like, we're going to try to force us. We're going to try to have the jets force Allen to throw. I'm actually excited for the D fence as well. I think we are slightly better than last year, even though we lost the guy like, yes, I know I harped on losing the player formerly known as Jamal Adams for our team. Um, I think, you know, you pointed out we're going to be well-rounded, right? And I think I, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty sure I said we'd be more well-rounded. It's not going to be like, we're not going to be stout necessarily like on uh, on the edge, but stopping the run is definitely going to be, It's not that's not going to change. We're definitely going to be able to still stop the run. Um, you know, I'm hoping that people like Jordan Jenkins, who is a veteran and was kind of drowned out by this, you know, rookie voice in Adams and a lot of other guys, they, they've kind of like, uh, subtly, br- like, uh, breathe a sigh of relief, you know, in the in these like conferences. And I know it's over Zoom, and I know it's like it's kind of convoluted, but it feels like they have more camaraderie. They do have the you know more chemistry, and they're kind of just more comfortable in the defense uh, since JA left. Yeah, I, like we, I mean, we can go with our Jets propaganda from one Jets drive, and it seems like everyone's connecting really well. Uh, but-, but I would say that regardless. So I agree with you. So, yeah, they'll just say it regardless. That's that. So, like, we'll see. But the defense is easier to get together than it is the offense, right? 
you're you're reacting about the defense except for the dbs and that's what kind of worries me about what you said and i kind of want you to touch on it like yeah we do want josh allen to beat us with his arm but our deep our like cornerbacks are our weakest spot right now you know with bless and if pierre comes back healthy like we don't really know it is our weakest spot but it is slightly improved from last year Pierre, i'd rather trust uh Pierre's here and uh who's our other side um uh, I'm hoping Bless is starting. Bless Austin on the other side. Austin, Pierre Desir, and Poole. Yeah, I trust those guys more than what we had last year. Like, Tremaine, like, we paid TJ to be that guy, and he wasn't that guy. So, and then we had to throw in somebody else. That is going to be well-rounded. It's still going to be our weakest aspect because besides Pierre Desir, Bless Austin, you know, we're hoping that he takes that next step. Pierre Desir, as you should said last year, being on the Colts, he was one of their top guys back there. And Colts had a good uh, had a good defense, although I would also contribute it to them having a good pass rush and a solid run defense too. Their front seven was really good last year, so it made the second it made the secondary's job a little bit easier. Um, but I would I would rather tempt you know I would rather see Josh Allen try to beat us with his arm than say like if we ha- when we go against like Russell Wilson that's going to be difficult. Uh, if we when we go against um, Philip Rivers that's going to be slightly more difficult because he's a more experienced and more, you know, established passer than, uh, than Allen. So for this game though, our run defense is going to be there. Pass catchers. When we got, we got to go against Stefan Diggs, which is kind of terrifying. We're going to have Cole Beasley in the slot and who else do they have? Who's the other uh, wide receiver that they got? I'm not worried about that though. Like that's the thing. Like I feel like our wide receivers, uh, their wide receivers and our cornerbacks are like sort of in the same class. Okay, like I don't I'm not too worried about anything that they have like going on. I I do think it's a lot about the running, but I really and especially thinking about the Jets, man. It's definitely going to fall on special teams. We're going to see a lot a lot a lot of Braden Mann, our new punter, yeah. who, who uh set records in college and oh, John Brown, that's who the other wide receiver is. That that's the guy who is leaving my head. That that wide receiver core is it's it's low it's low key solid with Diggs Brown and and Cole Beasley. That's not that's not something to 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 scoff at. Like Beasley's a good squad. He was he's he's been solid in da- in Dallas. Brown is a speedster on this. Who's your two? Like that that's he's tough to keep up with, especially when he was in Arizona. I know he's dealing with uh, sickle cell and it's very tough for him to be on the field. But when he's healthy, man, that is a tough dude to keep up with. And then. We can't we can't scoff, scoff at Diggs. Like Diggs has that incredible catch with the Vikings. Like he he was part of that. So on and off, man, and especially with fantasy, which we'll get into later. You just know, like we, I mean, we know we keep up with the stats. Like Diggs is he either has a ridiculous game or like it's as if he didn't show up for like three and a half weeks. Yes, I get that, and and I would say, well, who would you say is better, Kirk Cousins or Josh Allen? Um. Honestly, I think Josh Allen because he could run. Like they're kind of the same, but like just like I would like throw it up to Allen because he could toss it, and like I feel like he's more of a risk taker than Cousins. I agree with that. Let me rephrase that. Who would you trust more as a passer? Um, like it's kind of tough, man. Like I, in like a real, real game, I would just rather take the unknown of Josh Allen and not the. Yeah, but but. Kirk Cousins. I guess I know what you're trying to make. You're trying to say like, who do I who who I think is going to get the ball to Diggs better. I, 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 
I think Allen could probably get the ball to Diggs better than Kirk Cousins. Okay. So the, if you feel that, then we should actually be worried more about Diggs and what he's done with Cousins then, if, if that's what you're saying. I think that the Bills would, like, actually cater an offense around Diggs. Like, throw, like – throw screen passes and like kind of feature him and like he wasn't he wasn't really he was rarely featured in minnesota like there's a lot of guys there's like Thielen and like the, the running backs like there's a lot and how rudolph like a lot of mouths to feed absolutely yeah you had Thielen, Diggs, rudolph dalvin cook that entire offense was just like it's a powerhouse and now he gets to be the true number one because Thielen, you know it's honestly a 1A, 1B situation out there. And it goes back and forth based on who you want to throw to that day. So, but if you believe, like I said, you think Josh Allen can get the ball to digs better than Kirk Cousins. And I, then we should be worried then like with our pass catchers, I think they'll do a decent job, but I'd rather still make Josh Allen throw it because I know with Singletary, Singletary can, he, he didn't have the chance because they had Frank Gore and they had other running backs to feed, but Singletary has got a burst of speed. And if he gets out to the open, if we can't stop it, it's going to be, Hell or high water for the Jets. To stop the run, I agree. But I, I, I have a fear, man. I have a fear, and like, I guess this is like equivalent to like what people say the Sunday scaries. You know, when it's Sunday and you have work on Monday, you got the Sunday scaries. I have the NFL Week One scaries of Sam Ficken, our kicker, missing kicks and us losing because of our kicks, man. And I'm, I'm so worried about it because like we haven't really addressed our kickers, right? We brought in Bet- Brett Mayer. Uh, he was he he put out like propaganda of him hitting sixty foot uh, sixty yard bombs uh, before training camp, and then he stunk it up in training camp. Mm-hmm. And now we're back with Ficken, who like didn't excite me last year, got us through some games, but we also lost some games, man. And like that's what kills me, and that's what makes the whole difference in the NFL, and especially division games, field goal here, field goal there, especially what's going to be low scoring games. So I just hope to God we're not sitting here crying over Sam Ficken, but man, oh man. <laughs> like I think that's what it's going to come down to. It definitely is going to come down to a kick. Yeah, that, that's how these bills get. That's how our divisional games come down to. Um, that's how these divisional games come down to. Right. So, so, so on that note, I think the six and a half uh, plus six and a half for the jets is a fair bet. Um, the under, I think is a good move and I would sprinkle on the money line, man. Like I, 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 I don't think that the jets should be, plus 225 dogs to the Bills. I'm going to be 0% shocked if the Jets win this game. Yeah, I won't be surprised either. I Like I said, for for our way too early predictions, we both have them coming out with the W in this game. And the reason for me being more uh, brash on it uh, is because we're going to be playing in Buffalo and we've usually won in Buffalo than when we play at MetLife and the Bills usually win at MetLife, which is how his career has started off so far. And... You know, I, th- I feel like, you know, we have Bell who's going to be in a better shape. I, it's, I don't know. I feel like I, I just have this feeling that we're going to do it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a slugfest for us doing it. It's going to come down to a lot of like key plays as most games come down to, but between us, because we're two middle tier teams, right. It's really going to come down to the kick, but we just hope for the jets that we get bells going uh, our running game has to get going. Our tight ends have to be involved and really have to be able to work the underneath and get some, uh, a lot of yak, you know, um, that's really what's going to come down to for us. We're not going to be beating anyone over the top. Definitely not. So that really concludes for us. Um, kind of like the jets weird 2020 off season. Um, it concludes our roster cuts and 
the lack of preseason, right? And then here we are, man. Week one, our Bills. We both have them winning. We both have them covering the six and a half. We both got the under. And we both have them winning. So let's see how that works out. I think you mean our Jets, not our Bills. I said Bills. Yeah, let's get that right. This is a Jets podcast. (laughs) Bills. Um, I just meant like, you know, man, I just hate ending ever since the Decker versus Fitzpatrick game when we were on a six-game winning streak and we were Rex Ryan Bills in Buffalo and I drove all the way out there and I sat in the freezing cold and watched the DB point to Eric Decker and then Fitzpatrick throw two interceptions to him in the end zone. Like I just, and then like ever since then, I just feel like it's been a non, and then like Greg Ryan getting like a water shower, like, you know, the ice bath, right. For, for not making the playoffs and keeping the jets out. Like ever since then, I feel like they've haunted us like end of the season, beginning of the season, end of the season, beginning of the season, and just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. So like I'm almost expecting it, but like, it's 2020 man the weird things are happening like let's maybe the jets will win a game to start the season like crazy we will happen they're gonna win this game man we're we're gonna win this game i believe that we're gonna win this game i'm not i'm not that me so on to thursday what do you got for thursday man the first game of the season what do you mean what do i got for thursday like are we talking like what who we got winning because this is easy game oh this is the chiefs are gonna be wiping the texans man you think the Chiefs are going to wipe wipe the floor with the Texans? This is, it's the Texans at Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are minus nine and a half on Thursday. Yep. And you think it's going to be an easy cover? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Right. Let, let me let me tell let me tell you why. Because there's one there, actually there's a few there's there's two reasons. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. That is just that's all you need to know. They're Super Bowl champs. We saw Pat Mahomes tear up everybody man that kid's a video game he's he's lightning he's lightning in a bottle like i'm gonna see Ty, we're gonna see mccall hardman uh tyree kill we're gonna see travis kelsey all these dudes just do whatever they want the texans got rid of their top wide receiver option and d hop they got david johnson who had like a poor season last year and you see uh what's his name from uh, the dolphins uh Kenyon drake just play way better than he did i don't like i think bill o'brien is in over his head this season i think he made a lot of poor mistakes this offseason um you just don't get rid of your guys number one option and you're going to tell me they're going to rely on uh, will fuller and uh david johnson to really help get that offense going so i don't see it happening man i see that i see that team struggling this season personally they're going to win games as always with the AFC South, it's always like a toss-up. It's the Colts, the Texans, uh, the Jaguars are out. They're not going to do much this season. Um, and then we're, we're going to we're going to get to our division winners yeah. in in a, in in a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you got the Titans who are always in the mix. It's going to be th- between those three teams. So I actually pro- it's it's not going to shock me if it's the Colts and the Titans this year in the playoffs, man. And one of those teams is the wild card. I, sure. I'm with you. 100% I'm with you. But listen, man, the Texans are being slept on. Okay? The Texans are being slept on. I'll start off with this. Super Bowl winners on the week one, they're, they are, I think, like over 66.5% covering. Okay? So that's a huge stat. So, yes, I'm going to go with you. Chiefs minus 9.5 looks pretty good. And I'm, I'm not going to – I'm either going to take the Chiefs or stay away. Okay? 
However, the Texans this year are going to be pretty good, man. Uh, DJ, uh, they got David Johnson hanging out back there, all right, as a running back. Um, I think that Deshaun Watson has a lot to prove. I think Will Fuller stays healthy. Like they got, they got, they got Kenny Stills. Like they got, they got, they got a team, man. And I, especially when you sleep on them, when you sleep on a team like the Texans and Deshaun Watson, like he can come back and hurt you, man. And he he he'd been hurting people his whole life like that. With Clemson, they they slept on him every single year. Like on early Houston, they slept on him. Yeah, I know he doesn't have D Hop. I just wouldn't. Uh, like Bill Bill O'Brien is is coaching for his and GMing for his life. Okay, this is it for him. So I just wouldn't trash them uh, so fast. Not trashing them. I'm being. I think. I think everything that you're saying is fair and is correct. That these got that Watson is you is always been considered an underdog. He's been slept on. However, the Chiefs don't sleep on people. That team is well coached. Andy Reid makes sure they show up prepared for every game. And this is it's week one. You know, we saw Pat Mahomes say like he wants more than one. He wants more than one ring. He and he's that he's a true competitor. He knows how good Deshaun Watson is. He knows these guys made it to the playoffs. They're not sleeping on anybody. These guys are going to come in and do their business. That's that's what I think with the Chiefs. They're they're just all about their business, man. They oh, they have been. They missed it. They they were in the championship two years ago. They missed it to the Patriots off off of those uh, off uh, offsides and a questionable roughing the passer call. They came back and they won it the next year. I see them doing. They they came back and did the same business. They won the they won their division, got the buy, and wait, did they get the did they get the buy last year? That's that that I'm not sure that I don't remember. But they did came they came back, did their business, and they're going to do it again this year. They're going to take care of business, man. Just All right. All right. I, I think I think we're I think we're overhyping that a little bit because everybody loves the Super Bowl winners, um, and especially with Mahomes' ridiculous contract and the Chiefs having a pretty good offseason with those. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take note of this. I'm they, not. They tell you they tell you that when you get dividends or when you make money on your business to reinvest the money back into the business, and the Chiefs really really did that, man. They took all of their uh, playoff and their Super Bowl incentives and all of the money they won, and they invested it right back into the team, whether that's into their players or into their coaches or front office. Like they hooked everybody up with all the money that they won. Um, so I, I do like I appreciate that about them and like I could see them not slipping on teams and like kind of running things differently. So I, I agree with you and like I could I it's definitely all fair. I just temper your expectations a little bit with the with the Chiefs this year. I, I don't I don't think they're gonna be murdering teams like everyone says. Their defense is suspect, man, and they're not gonna be as hungry. Let's just be real. Okay, like and other teams are going to be way more scared of them. Okay. For me, uh, last year, the Chief, so the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, like two years ago, was like how the Ravens were last year. Okay, so it was like, oh, like the Chiefs are going to be super hyped, type, 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 type. And then when they failed, when they flamed out in the playoffs, everyone like completely slept on them last year, and then that's why they were able to kill it, in my opinion. And the same thing happened. It's going to happen with the Ravens. I think the Ravens last year uh, they killed it. Whatever they flamed out this year, they're going to run under the table and they're going to be like kind of like hiding, 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 and then they're going to explode in the end. And so I kind of feel like the chiefs, like people are going to be like ready for them. Are they going to be able to withstand that, you know, crazy wave of, of teams and like strategy, like the Patriots do every year. I don't know. Andy Reid's cool. Patrick Mahomes is a beast. They have a good offense, but Tyreek Hill gets hurt. 
Kelsey gets hurt. Their O-line isn't amazing. They got a rookie running back in Edwards Hilaire. And their defense is suspect. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm not I'm not uh on the I'm not on the Chiefs bandwagon this year, to be honest. Especially like you sound like you are. I'm not necessarily on the bandwagon. I'm just being realistic with who the team is as a whole and what I saw the last two years. And I like I still think they're gonna I'm not saying they're gonna be I don't I don't know if they're gonna be Super Bowl champs. I'm not saying they're gonna be Super Bowl champs. I definitely know they're gonna make the playoffs. And I know to get to the playoffs you gotta win games and yeah. we, I think they're going to try to make a statement and say, hey, we're still here. That's that's all I'm saying. Fair. So that that brings us to 1 o'clock on Sunday, right? You got a red zone popping. You got the Jets on one TV, right? And then I think there's seven other games that day, not the Jets, at 1 o'clock. Jesus. So, I mean, this is the best time of the year, man. Um, I'll run through. We got Packers-Vikings, Colts-Jaguars, Bears-Lions, eagles football team and Seahawks Falcons any of those games like jump at you that you can't wait to watch or uh, anything like that hmm thinking here which team to watch I mean I think Vikings Packers Vikings is interesting uh you know I think who I really want to see and this is like just my personal interest is more Browns and Ravens I definitely want to see that, see that, have that on red zone. I hope they have that game on red zone a lot, just popping, because I want to see if Baker Mayfield can come back, especially with the new head coach uh, who they got from uh, Minnesota, uh, who's an offensive coordinator. I can't remember his name right now. It's like on the tip of my tongue, but I definitely want to see him and see how he can work with Baker this year. And I want to see what the Ravens are, especially as you mentioned earlier with their flame out last season in the playoffs. And I, I just need to see how this, I, I'm really intrigued to see how, Season two comes back for especially Lamar Jackson because everyone's talking about oh he's more than he's just a, a glorified running back can't really pass da 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 you know and this year is really going to really show like if he that was just a gimmick last year or if he's real because if he can replicate the same thing from like last year and stay healthy like yes he didn't get hurt last year but he does take a lot of risky plays that put him in the line of just like getting hurt so. That's who it is. I'm, I love Lamar Jackson. He's so much fun. To, he's so much fun to watch. Uh, so that's that. That's a game I definitely want to look out for. But it sounds like you're interested in the Packers Vikings. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, let's just stay with the Ravens Browns. So um, the Ravens are minus eight in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means they have to win by nine points or more. Um, the over under is forty eight and a half. Uh, usually, actually, the Ravens and the Browns uh, play each other tight, even when the Ravens are killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like routing teams, they always play it tight with the Browns. It's kind of nitty gritty. But the Browns got a new coach, man. The Browns got a new coach, and they got uh, no preseason. Okay, and they got this Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, this new resurgent Baker Mayfield. They got this, you know, new resurgent Odell Beckham coming off the injury. They got this whole new, 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 you know, business going on. Um, and then you have the Ravens. The Ravens who are you know who, what they care about is their special teams. Uh, they got they got the nitty gritty like running down your throat and just like make plays going on. I, I think that this is going to be a route of the Ravens, and I, I don't want to be like a, a downer here, but I'm gonna I, Ravens are one of my I'll get into that, one of my Super Bowl picks. Okay, I love the Ravens this year for one of the, the reasons I was talking about. They're gonna fly under the radar. They might not even win the division. I think the Steelers might even win the division. Um, and I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be as good as you like, 
or as you want or as last year. Uh, the Ravens, I think, are going to lose some games. But they're going to be wired differently. They're going to be wired uh, for the running back. It's not going to be a, a flame like with Mark Ingram. Like, you know, like, you know, just like get plays here, plays there. Like Mark Andrews, crazy throws. That I, got, I don't think it's going to be like that. I do think Hollywood Brown is going to be a beast this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to run more of a traditional offense. Like they're going to be like running the ball. They got um, the – they just drafted a rookie. Slip in my mind the name right now. Um, he's going to be a beast. They, ha- they still have Ingram. They got Gus Edwards back there. Shout out my boy from Tomville High School, Staten Island. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, the, the Ravens are, are almost too real. They really remind me of, I mean, I, uh, what is it? Colin Coward always says it. They're buttoned up. You know what I mean? Like the, the Ravens are buttoned up to me and the Browns are the epitome of sloppy. So I think that this is just going to be a route. And especially a week one where like there's just no preparation really. Harbaugh has their, his boys prepared. That's just how I see it. Yeah. And for the running back you're talking about, it's uh, De- uh, J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. Right. Dobbins. Dobbins is going to be a beast, man. I think Dobbins is going to be so good. And, uh, and just so everyone knows out there, uh, the new head coach for the Browns is Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator last year for the Vikings. Um, but, yeah, so. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down for the Browns head coaches. I, Kitchens, Wax, Stefanski, give me a break. Like, the Ravens are going to route this. Yeah. I mean, Stefanski, he's an – I don't know much about Stefanski. I won't say anything. But, you know, you're kind of in a good situation when you have Kirk Cousins – M. Thielen, Stefan Diggs, uh, <laughs> Kevin Rudolph. Offense is whack, even, even, even with all those guys. Cook and uh, Alexander Madison as your backup. Like, those are a lot of good guys. And so it, I don't say – I wouldn't say, like, his job was necessarily tough. And they had a good O-line, you know. That, I, think, I think they underperformed for what they have. So that's why I'm not like – that. But, but this also shows – this is why I'm, like, intrigued, right? So, like, I want to see, like, how much of it was, is, like, a Kirk Cousins effect or how much is it that – like that's like the big question for that. So, but yeah, I agree with you on what the Ravens are probably gonna be under the radar. But we can move. Uh, but on that same note, on that same note with the Vikings, like so that's why I'm excited about the Packers Vikings game, right? So they have a new, they have a new offensive coordinator. They got a new squad going. Dalvin Cook is gonna be healthy, of course, ready to go. But the Packers are super interesting, right? So they had like this crazy off season where they got Jordan Love and. Uh, another quarterback and they didn't really help Aaron Rodgers. They got Matt LaFleur riding his second year. There's all these issues, right, with Aaron Rodgers. Man, oh man. I, and Aaron Rodgers will get into it, you know, at the end with some fantasy, like weird things that are happening. You know, this draft, Aaron Rodgers dropped like the ninth, 10th round in fantasy. Aaron Rodgers is going, he might tear apart this Vikings defense. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, uh, yes, they have good pass rushers. Um, like they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, they have, they, they have a, they're really good up front. Like we always knew that about the Vikings. They're gonna run it down your throat with Dalvin Cook. I don't trust Cousins. I don't know, man. The Packers dogs week one at Minnesota. Like Aaron Rodgers. Like I, I don't know. Aaron Jones can, like you know, kill it. I, I, that that just seems like one of the one of the most interesting games to me because right now Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are being thrown out to pasture before week one, which is like never the case usually. They're kind of like, meh, decent, and they're projected to go to the Super Bowl. But now they're like decent, and now it's like, oh, they might not win a game, the Dogs versus the Vikings week one. So odd to me. Uh, I see the Packers winning those. Yeah. I, 
I'll say this though, like, because uh, who it's Matt Lafleur. I don't like Rogers. Is not, it's clear that Matt he does not like Matt Lafleur. Definitely, but I like dad. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is Lafleur's dad. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he doesn't like Lafleur. He Rogers is like, look, I'm the guy here. Yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really what that situation is. But I see them winning. I see the Packers winning more so because I think the Vikings took a step back. I think they took a step back because one, I, I'm not saying Stefanski is like the greatest offensive coordinator out there, but he did keep stability. Now you're bringing in a new guy. Two, you lost Stefan Diggs, so you're you're also removing a, a weapon for Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook, known to be injury prone. Alexander Madison, who's a solid like backup, he's like 70 percent of what Cook is. Like he, he could fill in for a good portion of time but I just see that team taking a step back after losing an offensive coordinator losing one of your top weapons because the problem with playing the Vikings was that they had so many weapons and you didn't know how to it's just hard to contain everybody and that's what was like like they were underwhelming last year like they did well but they were very underwhelming um so I just see them being taking a step back and I see the Packers just coming out winning that game probably going to be a tight divisional game like last year we saw we had they had tight divisional games uh but I see the Packers coming out because there's the guy on the side that you can't worry about, which is Aaron Rodgers. And not and when I say you can't worry about him, it's like, like, you, you know, he's just going to show up. Like you can't, like, it doesn't matter. Like you, you can't go out there and be like, we, 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 ha- <laughs> you can't go out there and be like, oh, we're going to have to force Aaron Rodgers to a bad game. He's not going to have a bad game. He's going to have like a good game or he's going to have a great game. Like he hasn't been up to par for like a couple seasons, but I think that's more of like the roster construction of losing a lot of guys. But week one, everyone's healthy. I see him being fine. Yeah, well, his um, I mean, him and Mr. Brady's uh, number one issue has always been pass rush, and the Minnesota did get Yannick, right? And it, it is the first game, so like we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, that is the worry there is the pass rush uh, against that mm-hmm. Packers O line, which is on and off. That game should be good. We also got the Colts uh, and Jaguars. The Colts are minus seven and a half. I think that's I know it's weird because Philip Rivers' first game. But, man, oh, man, am I excited about the Colts this year. I think they're going to be absolute monsters this year, flying under the radar. Their defense is impeccable. Um, like linebackers are bees or safeties are bees. Like Darius Leonard, like Philip Rivers, offensive line. They got Michael Pittman Jr., uh, the new wide receiver, who I think is a fantasy sleeper. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, man, I, I, think, I, I think the Jaguars are uh, – with Minshew, they're going to be interesting. They're going to maybe, like, hang out in the game. But def- once they go down, they're never coming back. Gardner Minshew, the jorts. <laughs> he can have good games. He has good plays, and they can hang around. But not versus the Colts, man. I don't think he stands a chance. So I'm really excited to watch the Colts this year. In general, I'm really excited to just see what they do. Um, with T.Y. and Phil Rivers and my, you know, like – Phil Rivers likes to scream and, and, you know, toss the ball around. They got three really good running backs. They got Jonathan Taylor, the guy out of Wisconsin, the rookie. They got Marlon Mack, of course. Naheem Hines is still hanging out. Like, the Colts are solid, man. They're everything, I honestly, I wish our team was. Yeah, Colts are going to be solid. It, I ju- the thing that you're just moving is Philip Rivers, so I expect them to. This is going to be more so on how well the Colts are coached, if they're a better coach than the Chargers. I feel like that's what it really came down to because a lot of it was like, uh, coaching mishaps when it came to them. Um, so for the Colts, you got a good cog in Philip Rivers. He, he essentially is like going from like, he's just making like a lateral move from like a good team, like offensively to another good team offensively. 
not much like the only difference is like Keenan Allen is like a really good route runner. He can get open in any form. TY is more of a deep threat. Uh, I don't know if Michael Pittman Jr. or Paris Campbell are like really how good they are like in the short and just like in route running in general. I they're probably nowhere near they're definitely nowhere near as Keenan Allen to like what I'm guessing. But it's gonna be a solid offense. I see it to be like the same like what you saw with like the Chargers last year to the extent of just like productivity. Uh, but it's against the Jaguars at this point and the Jaguars are just, they're in a phase of like rebuilding at this, at this stage of like their franchise, like history, whatever. Uh, so I just don't see the Jaguars winning. They're probably going to get slapped uh, by the Colts. At the NFL, man, it's all the parody, right? So there's going to be dogs that win, right? So we got the bears and lions. The bears are plus three dogs. Like I could see the bears taking that. Uh, there's Eagles, uh, Washington football team at one o'clock. Also the Washington is six point dogs. I can see them winning that game. Um, we got the, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Panthers, uh, and the Raiders are favorites, which was really weird. Uh, Bridgewater's hanging out in the Panthers. He's a beast. Uh, they got C-Mac. Their defense is fine. Like I don't, I see like those, that being an interesting game and, uh, our, you know, Jamal Adams, Seahawks, first game at Atlanta, where they like to really, like, uh, put a licking on Atlanta. <laughs> like, they really do. They fight because, you know, the the coach for the Falcons was a D coordinator for the Seahawks, so they have, like, you know, they have that whole thing going. Um, hey, what do you think about those games? Any thoughts? Um, not really interested in the Seahawks-Falcons game, personally. That Those games are usually, like, high-flying, high-number games. Uh, so if you have any fantasy players in there, I would just recommend just, like, throwing someone in. Um, not an expert at fantasy, but I'm just guessing. Just, yeah. like, usually if it's high-scoring, a lot of people are getting touches. But the over-under is 49. So yeah. it's, gonna it's, high. it's one of the highest of uh, week one. Yeah. Actually, uh, to the look of it right now, it's, it is the highest one o'clock uh, over-under. Yeah. So just chuck anyone in there. Devon Freeman probably will have a decent game. Um, Freeman is not on a team, my man. Is he not? Oh, he's a, he's an unsigned running back. Oh wow! I, you know what? Because I was looking at fantasy, and it still has him tagged as like Atlanta. I was like, did he get cut? And then like I was like, I guess he's back. So, Yahoo, fix it. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Freeman Freeman is a free agent right now. He does, he's not on a team. Okay, so I guess out of all the games that you just listed. Probably the Raiders, Panthers, maybe the next interesting game, but I think you got the Raiders winning just because of continuity. Panthers, new head coach. Yeah, you got Teddy Bridgewater. Who is he? The starter? Is was he declared the starter? Yeah, yeah. Matt, it's Matt Rule from Baylor as the head coach, and Teddy Bridgewater as the quarter as the quarterback. Yeah, so I just like you got Christian McCaffrey, Anderson, wide receiver. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is Curtis Samuel still there too? And uh, who's who's uh? But who's their who's their top dude? Um. Greg Olson's gone. He's in Seattle. Not Greg Olson, the other wide receiver. Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh my god! You're you're you're, you're not well, DJ Moore. Uh, but you're, you're not thinking uh, DJ Moore. You're not thinking Kelvin Benjamin, are you? No, I was thinking DJ Moore. Okay, okay, okay. No, I was thinking DJ Moore. Um, that, that kind of wraps it up for the one o'clock. Um, it's gonna be like just adrenaline, like to your face. So I, it's actually eight games plus the Jets, not seven. Um, Honestly. The NFL's got to do a better job at distributing. Yeah, yes. You got to like, 
Like, cause when it gets to like four o'clock, it's like three games and you're just like, yeah, like, what are we, like, what are we doing NFL? Like spread it out. Like no one's catching all these. Like, is this just for like red zone to be like red zone active? Like when it gets to like the four o'clock games, it's like, it's not even like really red zone. It's like, all right, we're here for this game because nothing's going on for the next couple of games. So please NFL, if you're listening, distribute the games, stop doing this to us. We, we as NFL fans ask you this, get yeah. your together. There was some talk about like you know tossing it up some to Saturday because of the college football, but college football's back, thank God. But yeah, man, as you mentioned it, like the four o'clock is such a small slate. We got the Chargers at Bengals, the Cardinals at Niners, and the Bucks at Saints. But man, oh man, three really interesting games in their own perspective. The Chargers got Tyrod Taylor in the new squad versus Joe Burrow in the new squad. You know, in 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 Cincinnati, um, and you got. The new and improved Cardinals, right? Like this new, like modern Cardinals that we're all supposed to be excited about versus the 49ers, who I think are the most solid team in the NFL. Yeah, that that's the game. That's the, like we have Bucks and Saints, which is interesting in its own right because now we get Breeze and Brady. Yeah, what else could you want? Yeah, two old guys just, I'm going to show you what we got. <laughs> yes. Uh, but for Cardinals and 49ers that's you got the up-and-coming team and you got the solid team so that's the game of all the four o'clock set I hope red zone is sticking on I think it's going to be a good one I think that one's going to be a slug fest in its own right I think it's going to be more so offense versus defense which is 49ers defense really going to end the Cardinals offense just because you got D hop you got uh oh, who was it you got uh, uh Kenyon Drake so I think that offense is good. And you also got uh, Captain Kirk uh, and you also got Larry Fitzgerald. So that, that, that's going to be a solid offense going against a solid uh, defense. The defense for the 49ers last year was like, was so. Niners this year so much. I can't even put it into words. I think the 49ers, I don't, I don't think a team is really going to come close to the 49ers in the NFC this year. I, I, I really, I, I love the Bucks, right? Of course, Brady and the boys. I'm like every single all-star all-star player like you know like i love that um and especially because he's not wearing those disgusting colors of new england like i'm all for it um we got the 49ers with jimmy g and the new offense with them and they're they're just so damn solid with their they got trent williams on the left tackle for free like from from washington like that is a life changer like, they already got McGlinchey, and now they got Trent Williams. Like, they're just – oh, my. They got – most are, I feel like, could just, like, walk in, walk around in the back. Jimmy G is going to have an hour to throw. They have good players everywhere. Their defense is so solid. Their linebackers and their line – like you said. But don't forget, they got Richard Sherman and the boys back there. They got a squad, man. Um, they're minus – they opened up at minus eight and a half, and they're minus seven. So that means they have to win by over a touchdown in order to cover. And they're at a 47 total points for both teams combined. Sounds like you're on the Cardinals, huh? With the, with the touchdown? Uh, I don't I, – I, I think the 49ers are going to come out with this game. Hiring? Or huh. just – oh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, this game is very confusing. I don't even know. I, this is a game I just not bet on personally. Yeah, yeah. Stay away. I, I just don't know because we know what the – we know the 49ers are going to be solid. I don't know how good that offense is going to be because Jimmy G, like he wasn't like, he wasn't like what he was like those couple of games in New England. So it's just kind of like, 
and granted he came back from ACL tear the fall the year prior to that. So maybe he's, you know, back in rhythm this year, but that team, like, I know it's going to be good. I just don't know how, what way they're going to be good. If it's going to be more of like a defensive stalwart team and like the offense is going to have like boomer bust games. And for the Cardinals, like, I think they're going to be good, but I just don't know how good and what the other side of the ball looks like as well. Uh, there, It's interesting because it's really that team as like our team, it comes down to quarterback play. And so I know Kyle Murray's going to be good, but yeah. I'm not sure. I, that, I think that's definitely is the most interesting game, possibly of the whole day. Uh, definitely of the four o'clock slot. I'm definitely excited for the Bucks. I'm probably taking 49ers first half and full game. Um, it seems too easy, honestly. Um, I just don't like new stuff, uh, especially week one. Like, I, I'm taking the Chargers over the Bengals, okay? Um, the Bucks saints is interesting to me because of that. Like, the Bucks are so new, and the Saints are so old, and, like, you know, like, it's just the same system, and the Bucks are brand new. But, man, like, Sean Payton sometimes, he's just stuck in, like, these weird ways. Um, Todd Bowles on the defense, and, you know, and the Bucks. I, I don't know. I, I just kind of like the Bucks, but we'll see. I, I really don't like to go with the public too much. So, yeah. we'll see on that game. I'm sorry. Well, definitely like well, I'm definitely gonna play that game by ear. I don't love any of the the yeah, four, yeah, yeah, yeah. except for the 49ers. I just that's just my team, and we'll get to that in a little bit with the futures. And that leads the the, the Sunday night game um, is Cowboys at Rams, which is gonna be a good one. Cowboys are two and a half point favorites, which means they have to win by a field goal or more. That seems easy to me. I think the Cowboys are gonna run all over the Rams. I think the Cowboys are gonna be super underrated. Um, and I think that they, and with Dak on a contract year, and I think they're going to route them. Hmm. Honestly, I think they're going to route the Rams. I don't like the Rams at all. I actually am. See, I'm like in this place with the Rams where I know they're going to be good. I just don't know how good. And like when I say good, let me actually, they're going to be okay. Let me take that back. I know they're going to be okay. I just don't know what level of okay it's going to be, whether it's like an eight and eight okay, a nine seven okay, or seven to nine okay. Like by seven and nine, it's like they play in a tough division. So a lot of those could be close games, but I, the Rams are so interesting. There's they're over under of eight and a half games for the season. I'm sorry. So they're over under for winnings, uh, winning games on the season at eight and a half for the Rams. So where do you think that, where do you think they land on that? Uh, uh, let's see. You got Seahawks and you got 49ers. I'm probably going to take the eight. They're going to take eight games. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's so me too. Like that's why I, I don't I don't I'm not loving the Rams too much either. Yeah, I'm like I said, like I know they're gonna be like I think they're gonna go I could see them going eight and eight, but more so it's not that they're like they're bad. It's that the product of having to play your division twice a year, so that's six games where you gotta play the Seahawks, Cardinals, and the 49ers. I think the 49ers are gonna take them both games. I think the Seahawks could take them both games. I think they'll split with the Cardinals. And then the remainder of the season, like it's just up it's up in the air. It's just I don't know. They they were on fire like two years ago and the season before that. So, yeah. Season they underwhelmed. So I'm not like it's it's tough. Like I it's just tough to watch to figure out that team. And then the Monday night is two really good games in my opinion. The Steelers at Giants, which is going to be a juggernaut game of like old franchises who you know are like one of the. No, they're both old franchises. The NFL. Yeah, they are. Um. Steelers minus four over the Giants. That's going to be a hell of a game, man. I love the Steelers this year. Uh, I really, really, really love the Steelers this year. I don't really know what to expect from the Giants. They're always so hot and cold. 
like when you don't when you think they're bad they just turn out to like win seven games and not you know and like sloppily or when you think they're good they'll lose like the most ridiculous way like six games in a row so i just never know what to expect from the giants don't know what to expect from the giants i don't think they're going to be that good just how david gettleman is gm like roster construction also like as you said you can never know with like this team because they're hot giants have like historically have just been known like as a hot and cold team not really a, a consistent team every single year like when they won the super bowl they were just like they just fell flat like like we just don't know. And when they came back to win the Super Bowl again in 2011, 12 season, it was just like, what is going? Like you, it just came out of nowhere to a certain extent. Um, but you know what? They did get Eli Manning's clone, so I'm expecting another replication of like Eli Manning at some point uh, of like his production. So this seems to continue to be hot and cold. Uh, I just don't know what to expect from them. I, I, I don't. I think they're going to have a losing season, personally. Um, they're over under six and a half, the same as the Jets. Yeah, I think they're gonna have a losing season. Um, under six, uh, under six and a half. Mm, uh, what did they win? How many? Don't feel bad that you you know you can't get these. Like they are right on the money usually, so it's gonna be probably six or seven. Yeah, I think it's gonna be six that they're gonna get. Just cause, just cause Eagles are they're they're like that. Here's the one thing I hate about <laughs> this division in general sucks and not because of like talent wise it sucks because you can never guess what's like they're not it's not consistent every year it's either the cowboys or the eagles or the giants or now the washington football team and like you have no idea who's going to be good any year it's just i i i like that like i i don't like our division where it's like patriots 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 jets patriots 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 <laughs> like but like for like no i like that as a co- competitive standpoint for a betting standpoint no <laughs> yeah so that like when you're at when you're asking me lines like fair i'm sta- like i'll take the steelers but i'm staying far away from betting uh the the over under for the record what about the Jets six and a half i think we're going over six okay. we're definitely going over six we're probably gonna get seven i i already predicted seven games like i think we're going over I, there's jet the, the thing about the jets is that this is what they're predictable we're gonna get games that we're probably counted out not supposed to win hmm. and then we just somehow fumble our way to like a seven and nine eight and eight nine and seven season that's usually how it goes but yep we live in mediocre land yep so i guess just on my i have I have a rule week one you bet against the rookie head coaches so joe judge is a weirdo out in the giants right doing all these weird things like give me the steelers give me tomlin they're buttoned up big ben ready to go all this BS, in my opinion, about Juju not having a great training camp. Show me Juju not having good games, and then we'll and then we'll start talking. Uh, so I'm all over the Steelers minus four. That seems great to me. The last game, which is my one of my favorite things, man. I love the doubleheader week one Monday night because like usually you get that one game you're like oh it's over. I can't believe week one's over already. But like that doubleheader that starts at 10:30 p.m. like it bleeds into Tuesday. It's so perfect. Um, so that's Titans Broncos, which is an interesting game. Uh, the Titans are beasts, man. Um, they got Ryan Tannehill going. Uh, they got Clowney signed. <laughs> you know, they they they're, they're, they they seem like a, like a young and upcoming Patriots, almost like what the Texans wish they were. Um, I feel like that's what the Titans are, right? They came from the same Belichick tree. Um, but I feel like the Titans are doing it right. They got Derrick Henry, the bruiser back there. Uh, and they're 
one and a half point dogs. I guess all because of this whole Drew Locke in Denver thing. This whole Drew Locke in Denver thing because he's saying Young Jeezy on the sideline is driving me nuts, dude. It's driving me nuts, man. Like I don't, I don't see it. I really don't like. I I'm not. I don't love the. I I love Jerry Judy. I love their wide receivers. I don't love the Broncos. I don't like Drew Locke. I love the Titans. I think this might be the easiest game of the entire week. But um, so they got Jerry Judy. Broncos defense is still going to be solid. The running back is uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon too. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the running back situation is that's that's it's friendly for a, a young quarterback. We new guys, man. All new guys. New guys, but at the same, like the Titans, like I, I would probably take the Titans in this with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill already had like exposure. He did a good job last year taking to the playoffs. Um, also, was it the the head coach for the Titans? What's his name? Um, you know, I, 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 I it's so funny because he was literally, I was like, he was literally slipping my uh, Mike Vrabel. My head? Yeah, Mike Vrabel. That's what it is. It was like literally ruined our lives for so long on the Patriots. Mike Vrabel. Well, the way the way he off his male genitalia if he won the Super Bowl last year at the Titans. I mean, what what else could you want from your head coach, Alex? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Ready to castrate himself to, for a Super Bowl win. And uh, I'll, I'll say this for the Titans with Mike Vrabel, the way he coached up Ryan Tannehill, the way he got Derrick Henry involved in the game, um, just making use of all the players that they have. Uh, and just just playing smart football, like the way he was able to like defeat the Patriots and like play like their own like mind game, which was like insane. Like he's a smart dude who just knows what's going on. So I trust the Titans more so than I trust the Broncos. And they're like, like I said, biggest thing for football is continuity. So they, they have all the guys coming back. So that's why I would just take them. The Broncos are going to be okay um, this season, but the Titans in this game, week one, take the continuity over the young gun. All right. So, honestly, there you have it. Like, for our Jets previews, our uh, week one slate, and kind of where we see, like, some over-unders and team projective, like, going. Um, We're really excited to finally give some actual insight into the games. Uh, we're we're going to be delving deep into the Jets games, into the NFL games, uh, bringing you information, updates as it goes along. And we're really excited to get the season finally going. On that note, Alex, what do we have for et cetera, man? For et cetera today, John, I'm excited and you should be excited because we got fantasy football drafts happening today. And today. Man, oh, man, I got three today, Alex. You're wild. I got two at the same time. It's going to be great. Me too. Yeah. Um, and just so everyone knows, this is Monday we're recording. This is Labor Day weekend. We took a day off for Sunday to spend time with our loved ones and our friends because it's Labor Day weekend. But you know what? We're here grinding with you early this morning trying to get it to you because guess what? We love to entertain and we want to keep this community growing. So you know what? Let's give you some uh, fantasy football previews for us. And what we're going to dive into is more so the sleepers this uh, season, who we got that we believe are going to be taking that next step. So we're both going to be giving – one person each giving a different giving like a reason like why we got faith in them and yeah so john because i am the nice gracious guy that i am as usual i will let you go first so we want how do you want to do this let's go do you want to work our way from quarterback to tight end Uh, it's up to you like um 
uh, we could just we could just do like uh, sleepers for now. Um, I guess like one of my sleepers who. So let's let's go quarterback to tight end because I, people probably want to hear like the most interesting to like tight end, which is kind of like meh. So okay, okay. Oh, okay. You want to just do like QB and a flex? Um, split it up. So QB, just do QB. Okay, so I guess my most underrated QB. I I is I feel incredibly weird saying this out loud. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Whoop. Aaron Rodgers is going like not eighth to tenth round in fantasy playoffs this year, which is driving me absolutely insane. That's great value. Yeah, man, I don't really get it. I mean, we have like people like Patrick Mahomes going in the first round, Lamar Jackson like right after, and then like a huge gap between people like Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and then like another huge gap until you hit Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Like, I get it. You don't know what's going to happen. They're old, whatever. If you could get Aaron Rodgers on your bench, man, do that and close your eyes and start him week one. He's given you 45 points. I don't understand. Yeah, I think what it comes with Aaron Rodgers to sliding that far, right? It's the new shiny toy in Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and guys who are just running. We're getting tired of kind of like the pocket – the pocket passers are getting tired for fantasy because running is much more valuable than passing. Like if you have to throw – what is it? You have to throw 25 yards to get a point, but if your guy can run for a first down 10 yards, that gets you – what is it? One point? Like that's more valuable. Think about it. So when you hear guys like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes – or even like we can bring up uh, Josh Allen, who's a good quarterback for fantasy value. These are guys that we like because they like to run the ball as well. And you can get even more points, more bang for your buck for someone that, you know, at a position was like typically was just very low, like 20 points is like good, but these guys get you 20 points by doing a lot of things. So that gives them a higher ceiling if they go off. And that's kind of like, depending like your fantasy philosophy, if you want to keep it safe for, and then if you want to play safe or you want to go boom or bust, right? Those guys are more boomer bust. If you like, take that like crazy point numbering, uh, especially if you got like bonus points for like how passing 100 yards or, or rushing for 100 yards, passing over 300 yards, and so forth like that. So I could see why uh, Aaron Rodgers is your sleeper and why he's dropping my guy who I got. And same same stadium quarterback Daniel Jones got him as a sleeper. Okay. And uh, here's why he's going late in the later rounds. I have to wait late to get my quarterback. I I usually wait right around like the eight ten range to draft somebody. Um, Daniel Jones, he showed that he can sling that ball. He he can do it. You know he can he can, he's got <laughs> he's talented in that regard. And we saw the games where he put up crazy numbers. He is a gamer. He will rush it in. He's he's mobile. Uh, everyone is like uh, fawning over his. Uh, quads because apparently it looks like he worked out with uh, Saquon Barkley now um but I got him he's shown that he he can he can pass I think and for the Giants their defense is going to be okay but I feel like for them to stay in games they're going to have to sling it and so when it comes to choosing someone that you need for fantasy you want that guy who's going to swing the rock and I'll take Jan- Daniel Jones as my yeah, I agree with you um uh, just for quarterbacks who I think uh, might be um, on your free agent list still. Um, Philip Rivers, I think he's going to be – is right there as a sleeper. Like, uh, I think he's going to be great. He's going to be scooped up soon. Uh, Terry, um, Teddy Bridgewater could be available in some leagues on the free agent wire. I think he's going to have a good year too. Yeah. Two, two other quarterbacks uh, 
that you might not be thinking about? Philip Rivers is like your, he's your friend that you always can rely on. You, when you need someone to come jump your car. Fourth quarter, my man. Huh? Tell that to the Chargers in the fourth quarter. We're talking fantasy. We're not talking about actual gameplay. But if we're talking about a guy who you can just rely on for a couple 17 to 20 points every week, that is Philip Rivers. He's your guy when you're in need. You need your car to be jumped. You need a ride from home because you're too drunk. Uh, or maybe you just need someone to hang out with for the day because you're lonely. That will be Philip Rivers. Fair, fair. So who's uh, who do you got as a uh, man? This is for you. Who you got for your running back? Man, I was scared of this question. Man, running back is so hard. You want me to go first? You want me to give you some time to think it over? No. My one advice for running backs is to keep drafting them. When you think you have too many running backs, you draft have more. enough running backs. Like that's my strategy, especially like in the first uh, picks. Um, so I just kind of want to see who yours was. But with David Montgomery going down for the Bears. Um, we're having some knee issues. One of my big sleepers this year is Tara Cohen, man. Tara Cohen loves to eat off the off the back. Um, like he just likes to get that those nice slips, like the Trubisky dump offs. You know what I mean? And he knows the system. The Bears are for sure gonna be holding Trubisky's hand. You know, they first of all, Nagy like we know that Nagy likes to script the first 15, 20 plays, and we all know that the Bears murder in the first 15, 20 plays because of it. Okay, so at least you know that something's going to come out of there. Um, but after that, they're going to be conservative. They don't want Mitch Trubisky to mess up. Everybody knows Nick Foles is sitting right there. Um, so I think that somebody like Cohen, of course, Robinson's going to eat a lot of short uh, yardage. Uh, Anthony Miller's right there. But I do think that Cohen with Montgomery out is a solid, solid. Uh, pickup at least at running back okay nice Tyree Cohen is always a good like pass he's a good pass catcher he gets you a lot of yak so you know you can always rely on him to get a lot of points especially if you got him in the flex he could be a good solid RB too as well um and he's going he's usually like middle later round so that's definitely a dude I would also keep my eye on depending where he is I would probably take him if he like if he drops to like six or seven I'm probably swiping him up around there um Mm -hmm. Someone that I think is going to have a good season this year, though. Uh, I'm looking at um, – so I'm looking at Justin Jackson for the Chargers um, as my sleeper running back just because you don't have Melvin Gordon there anymore. He is talented. I know you have Austin Eckler in the backfield still, right? Um, but even with Austin Eckler, he needs some uh, – he needs to take plays off. Uh, and Justin Jackson is a very athletic dude, um, you know, I would take him just because we're unsure of where the Chargers backfield is at this point. And I would take him as a security like running back option, because if he does break out, he will, you'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's fair. Uh, I, I, I agree. Like the, the, the craziest thing about, um, I guess sleepers and stuff is sometimes the, almost the antithesis of it. So, on the opposite of that, I think that Edwards Hilaire is, is, is like proje- uh, projected to go like top ten picks, like nine running backs, and DeAndre Swift is going up there too, the running back for the Lions. Like those two are a little high for me, especially with AP going to the Lions. Like I don't know, I'm a little I'm a little worried about those guys uh, with the Chiefs. Like I don't think they're gonna feature Edwards Hilaire like everyone says they are. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, I know it's kind of it's kind of a toss up, and. I don't know. I would be a little iffy on Hilaire as well. I'm not sure. First or second. Yeah. I, I wouldn't 
But you know who's been falling uh, third and fourth to me uh, just while we're on the running backs? James Conner, the Terminator from uh, uh, Pittsburgh. He's been mm-hmm. falling. And Bell. Two guys who I would have picked first and second any time of the day have been falling to me like three and four. Uh, and, uh, of course, they're not like sleeper sleepers. But, man, oh, man, I think, like, those two guys could change your team. I guess they're sleepers. Not, they're, no, they're not sleepers, but they're falling because of lackluster seasons last year. And everyone remembers, you know, we hear, like, big names, right? We want to get the big names, big contracts. You know about that. And then on top of that production last year, Connor was injured a lot of last season. And then with Bell, very lackluster because of Jets. And, <laughs> I like – <laughs> all right it's just like it, it, it just is like I, I just stay away from my own team one just so i have no conflicting interest when it comes to my fantasy team unless like the dude is like really good at like a really good position like if bell's falling to me at four i'm probably gonna take bell though like i'm not gonna like I, i'm not gonna like front like it's that, that's just insane that he's even dropping that far from a dude who used to like you everyone wanted because you know he's gonna get the receptions you know he can run but with the Jets, everyone talks about is running back. And also we have our head coach, Adam Gaze, who's known for just like swapping and running back. So you don't know if he's going to get the volume, especially with Frank Gore and everyone else in the backfield. So let's not go, let's not go down that road. But anyway. <laughs> I, I feel you, but we'll get into it like right now. Um, I don't love picking Jets, but I do. I always have a Jet on my team, at least one. Well, last year was Robbie Anderson for me. Um for, all right. So, but and speaking about wide receivers, this is the next topic. So, John, who would be your sleeper for wide receiver this season? All right. So, like, like high sleeper, um, like high, like mid round pick that I think is going to be good. Um, first of all, Ty has been falling, which is interesting to me. But of course, he's like he's like high high tier. Um, everyone should pick Ty if he's there. Phil Rivers is going to hammer him. Yeah. Even if he's not open, he's going to throw to Ty. That's what Phil Rivers does. Um, and the, the second thing is, uh, I guess Marquise Brown, man. Hollywood Brown has been looking really good uh, with your boy Lamar Jackson. He's been falling. Let's go. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to be featured this year. Like, I think people are going to be thinking about Mark Andrews and the tight ends and uh, Dobbins and Ingram on the running backs. And I really think that this is going to be a, a decent year for Brown. But on the real, on the real sleeper, like if you're looking for someone who like nobody's gonna choose sleeper, you gotta go with the rookies, man. You gotta go with Pittman Jr. No one's choosing him. Again, also for the Colts, he's gonna be getting balls, man. If you watch the Chargers, you know Philip Rivers loves to toss it up, man. He just loves to toss it up to his receivers. My guy, you're speaking my language. He was one of the two guys. He was actually the guy I was going to talk about, too. You beat me to it, you. Oh, uh, no. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let it go because I got two other guys. So You take him because I got someone else. I got I, I, I got backups. Don't worry. I got backups. I'd say the other two guys, like everyone knows, of course, Henry Ruggs, like killed it on the 40. Uh, he's he's the number one wide receiver in, in Las Vegas. I almost said Oakland. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's going to be good. And the last one is Jerry Judy. He, 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 seems to, he seems to know, like, the running routes. Um, Drew Locke is not some, like, super veteran wide receiver that expects these crazy routes, right? He just get open, I'll throw to you, call it a day. So, I don't know. I, I think that um, there's a lot of, like, rookie sleeper sleepers, but, like, the veterans like Brown and T.Y. are, like, falling a little but are also going to have really solid seasons. Nice. That's a good one. I like that you chose Pittman Jr., especially with – as you already said, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers loves to throw. He can do it. 
that's a guy if I want if I'm no one I'm gonna choose a receiver and like last year who who is it um who is the number two out there oh my god I had him on my team I can't remember right now not 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 Tyrell for the Chargers uh, Tyrell Williams is gone no not 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 uh no is it Mike Williams oh Mike Williams Mike Williams I had Mike Williams last year Chargers are very inconsistent I would take Michael Pittman in this situation with the Colts. I, like I said, the Chargers are like an interesting like case study because that team is just ran like that team is just like so up and down. But Michael Pittman Jr. being the number two next to Ty, you you know like Ty is the deep threat. He's not really the dude that's doing a lot of like he can do intermediary stuff and short stuff and like burst of speed. But if you want someone who's going to be consistent, Pittman Jr. as your number two, um, I would do that. I would I would take that option. Uh, I, I I have faith in Pittman Jr. That's someone I'm actually looking for when it comes to drafting, uh, you know, for our draft today, actually. But my guy, who I chose, who actually had a few good games, and it's out in that situation that we talked about earlier with the Packers, Alan Lazard. I like I like him. He's he's he, there's been rumors that he's been declared as like the number two option next to Devonta Adams. They're looking for that guy. He needs that guy. Lazard showed that he can play to some level. He's now had a full offseason to be in that role with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So I expect some, you know, consistency and some rhythm. I'm not saying he's going to have like all these like like these great games, but he's going to be consistent enough. He did have, I think, one or two boom games last year, but he's not going to like you're not going to just have him sitting on like your bench. He's going to give you like a solid depending on if you're like PPR, I'd probably get. I would probably guess somewhere around like nine, 10 points a game, especially with Aaron Rodgers and that division, you know, meh. Yeah. I, I feel you. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I, 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 lo- I, I like Lazard. Uh, they also were talking about uh, scantling a little bit, but they always talk about scantling. Um, but apparently he's been doing all right too. So man, oh man, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be so good. I think that the Packers, everyone's sleeping on them. It's so tough. I don't know how you sleep. I don't know why they loved the Packers so much last year with the rookie coach, and then they hate them this year. I guess because they chose Jordan Love. The media like is so wacky sometimes. I just think that I just think that the Packers are going to absolutely own the Vikings Week One, and the whole narrative is going to change. Bad man Aaron Rodgers is back. Yada yada yada. Don't doubt him. Uh, Danica Patrick is he broke up with her. Everything's great. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're ready. They're ready for the new Aaron Rodgers story, and it's coming at you as soon as Week One ends. Mm-hmm. I. Like, you know what it's going to be, man? The storyline's going to be Kirk Cousins. Was he worth it? Contract year. Is he going to get paid more? Aaron Rodgers. He's not done. Where the, you know, that, that's what it's going to look like coming out of Fox uh, after that 1 o'clock game. I hear you. I, I, I can get with that. All right, so. Tight ends? The last spot, tight ends. Who you got? So, historically, man, you, like, I'm with you on the quarterbacks, but, like, I really, really with you on the tight ends. I do not drive tight ends. Uh, I know that there's always like three who are like right there at the top mm-hmm. and like you want to get them like Kelsey and Kittle, right? Like they're like, you have to get them. And then it, it, I don't, I don't draft them. I wait, I wait, I wait this year. I got Gronk in the, like the 11th round, or, like the 10th round which is insane. Um, so I'm, I'm, he's a sleeper. Like, I, I don't know. Like people are really that excited about Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard, like, and, and they're not going to get the ball. Like, and they're going to get the ball over Gronk and Tom Brady with Tom Brady there. Like, that just seems odd to me. Like, I don't understand um, where the sentiment is coming from. And we kind of touched on it before, but my sleeper is Chris Herndon, man. Christopher Herndon, he's a Jet. 
he needs to stay healthy, but he is the only pass catcher for Sam. Like, uh, like that's going to be running the actual seams, right? Like Mims and Perryman, and we're not going to rely on them to run the seams. Bell is going to be a running back or coming out like, you know, lining up closer to the, to the line. Crowder is going to be in the slot. It's just hard than running the seams, right? We got Wesco, who's been a good blocker, too. So hopefully we can line up a two tight end set. Um, I'm excited about Herndon, man. And especially if you have him as a backup to somebody like Gronk, where you could like kind of like switch him up based on matchup. I think that having someone like Herndon could actually pay crazy dividends for you this year, especially on like tight ends is usually hit or miss. Like, you know, you're not, it's not, it's not, there's not too many high performing tight ends every week. For sure. Tight ends are a hit or miss. That's why I wait so, so long to draft someone because usually you can find someone on the waiver wire to like fill in because you, like even in PPR, you're getting somewhere around like six to eight points on average. I feel like you're not getting like 10 points. If you get double digits from your tight end, that's a solid tight end. You know, actually in one of my leagues, my keeper is Mark Andrews just because him and Lamar have such a great relationship and I drafted him late. So like I'm only wasting a seventh rounder to keep him. I'd rather do that, mm. you know, than try to go play this merry-go-round. And I, I can figure out other guys for like running backs and stuff like that to fill in because running backs are known to get injured. Someone's going to have to fill in wide receivers. If you after you get your top two wide receivers, it's a revolving door of just like dropping, picking up, dropping, picking up. So it's like the tight end. Like if you can get a solid tight end to fix that situation, and you have a keeper, I, I definitely would do that. But for my tight end, that I think that people should be paying attention to, Joe New Smith, Tennessee Titans. Okay. Uh, him and Tannehill have a good relationship. Joe is very athletic. I would take. I, I would really consider taking him just because Tannehill does like the safety blanket in a tight end. He, the tight ends are usually utilized in Tennessee, you know, so I can see him just emerging and being a guy that, you know, kind of like, um, who is, uh, oh my God. This, Delaney. Delaney Walker. Thank you. This is how you know you're getting freaking old, man. This is how you know you're getting old. Uh, just like losing touch and just like, uh what's that guy remember that guy he was so good back i feel like i'm like my dad just talking with his friends right now remember that guy yeah that guy that guy back on the team yeah cool yeah great he was a great guy yeah Smith is good he's not he, again he's not much of a sleeper like he's getting drafted yeah be high so i'm with you I, I get he's gonna be good man i i think he's gonna be solid and i agree with you that's why you wait um i think another guy who's like a super super duper sleeper is austin hooper who just he, he got signed to the browns like that's a guy who you get off the waivers or whatever, and he's going to be he's going to put up numbers for you, for sure. And if we're really going to talk about like I, I say, Jonu Smith, because I think he's going to not in the sense that he's going to be a sleeper, like oh he's going to be productive, but I think he's going to be more than productive with the Titans. That's why I say him. But if you want someone who you can probably bit, pick and you just want to be like decently like like competent in that role, Hayden Hurst for Atlanta, because as you already mentioned, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Hooper, Hooper, Austin Hooper already left. So yeah. That's a good. That's a, that's a that's a good spot actually. That's a good uh, observation. So and he's athletic, and that's the one thing they do like Atlanta. They like their athletic tight end. So check him out. Check him out. But yeah, man, that's it. All right. Yeah, and I think uh, that wraps it up for us. We are so excited that football is back. We can't wait to start the season with you guys. Um, oh, let oh football's back. <laughs> Man, I'm so excited. Um, we, you know, we we wrapped up. We wrapped up this episode with uh, the roster cuts. What we think 
we need for the upcoming squad, how we think we're going to project versus the Bills, the week one slate, some over-unders, and the et cetera with Alex was all about our fantasy sleepers and where we think these players will project during the season. Alex, anything else you want to leave our listeners with heading in to the first game, which was going to about to be the Chiefs-Texans game? Any, any, any last note for them before we enter into the abyss of football season? Just get your popcorn ready, people. Get your popcorn ready like T.O., all right? Just let's be excited that football is back. We get another sport on TV. We got basketball. We got all the sports going on at the same time. So we're going to be content overload with just sports. It's great. Give me your Super Bowl prediction, Alex, to close off the episode. Super Bowl prediction. We're doing it this early. Our way too early Super Bowl prediction, John. That's what we're doing. You got to bet it right now, man, before the season starts. Fam, what we got first for Super Bowl, I got... Oh, do you want me to give the two teams or you just want the winner? So the matchup matchup will be, oh man, this is going to be a good 49ers. And I got Ravens. Dude, we have the, literally the same exact Super Bowl. Okay. That, that's <laughs> that, like, I have, I have five up here. Um, it's 49ers, Chiefs, 49ers, Ravens, 49ers, Colts, and then Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks, Ravens, just like with the odds up. But yeah, 49ers-Ravens is my choice. I honestly think that's going to be the Super Bowl. Let's go. We get the repeat. We get the repeat of the 49er-Raven matchup from what was a super hard bowl. But now we get... And they're going to try to not say Kaepernick as hard as they possibly can. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, how are they going to not say Kaepernick that whole time? It's going to be hard, but they're going to they're gonna get it done. Too, because that was the last Super Bowl. He came in, was like, that was, that was a crazy game. Yeah. All, all I hope, if it's that Super Bowl... No light issues, all right? Get, get the electrician ready, all right, for that Super Bowl. So on that note, if you bet 49ers-Ravens right now to be in the Super Bowl, that's plus 2,100. You put $100 on that. If that, if that matchup happens, you win $2,100 plus your $100 back. Like I'm making that bet today. Done. So we won you some money. We're excited about the Jets. Let's go. Alex, any last words for the people? Nope, that's it. Please just remember, please rate share subscribe this podcast let jets fans and knicks fans know that we are out here and we're trying to build this community guys we just want to bring you like closer to the teams that we love that's our journey that is our mission and with that please tune in this week for the next episode of this podcast and yeah that's it so peace out everyone let's go jets